Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for following Jesus. If we haven't met yet, my name is Tony, and I'm your host. With over a decade in the local church, I care deeply and passionately about helping you connect with Jesus in practical ways. And today does not get much more practical than ever. Today is all about your fork, what you put in your mouth. It's about food. It's all about Jay's Harris's new resource, the Chubby Church. And in our conversation, we talk about bondage, uh, the soul of the wilderness. We talk about grubology and just all the feelings that come along with food. And I'll be honest with you guys, this is a tough one for me. I, I continue to wrestle with this area and surrendering over to Christ. So I hope this conversation is as helpful for you as it was for me. I hope you enjoy it. If you do, do me a favor, follow Jay on all the socials. Let her know that you heard her here on the podcast. And the highest compliment, share this episode with a friend. Now, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Jay Harris. Jay, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast today. Thank you, Tony. I'm super excited. Well, one of the things that I love to jump into first is talk about this idea about calling. And you've done a number of different things in your life. Uh, you've got a lot of education, and now you're authoring books. And uh, so I'm always curious, how would you describe the calling that God has placed on you? Wow, what a great question. I love this question. Um, because calling, oh my gosh, it starts as such an inkling, right? And then it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Then you're like, oh my gosh, how do I do this? And it feels overwhelming. And so I first had the call to write in 2007. Um, I felt it. I asked God who I was. So that's a wonderful mm. prayer. If you haven't prayed it before, it's just to say, God, who am I? Guess what? He's the manufacturer. So he knows what he made in you. And he knows what you <laughs> are to discover throughout your life. And so I asked him, I said, who am I? And it was so surprising and not at the same time. But he says, You're, you are love and you are a writer and an author. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's really exciting, right? So by the time um, I finally was like embracing the call, which takes some time because you're just like, I don't know how that's going to happen, <laughs> um, which takes some time. I, um, I remember him giving me my first book title. And I was like, okay, mm. I got a title that was, and I knew it was from him. Like all my titles came from him. And so, and then it, they were stacking up. Like I had a lot of titles <laughs> over the years, over years <laughs> period of time. Um, but I remember like when I finally started getting serious about the books and praying about it and like, God, what am I going to write? What am I going to write? I literally thought I had five pages, Tony, to have two books. <laughs> If you don't believe in God, I'm telling you, God is real. God is real. He is alive. His spirit is with us and he will do it. He will get you to that calling. And it's just amazing. Mm. I mean, to have two books when I thought I had five pages and nothing to <laughs> say is God and crying to God. You know, you cry when you have a calling and you don't know what you're doing. Mm. You, you cry and you whine and you... <laughs> Why me? me? You know, it goes through all of that. You have to go through an identity transformation um, of knowing, like, I am an author. I am a writer. I am going to get good at this. You know, I am going to learn what I have to learn. I am going to, you know, if he calls you, he qualifies you and he equips you. So 
There you go, Tony. <laughs> well, okay. So I, I know that there's somebody listening right now who's like, okay, Jay, I hear what you're saying, but how do you know it's God's voice and not just what you want? What's that discernment process like for you? Um, very, I mean, it's, it's definitely one you must have relationship with Christ. You got to have a relationship with Holy Spirit. Because in this day and age, there's a lot to discern and you need the spirit of truth, right? Instead of deception, um, that's rampant right now in confusion. So one is he confirms it over and over and over and over again through all kinds of people, through mediums. It gets stronger and stronger and stronger in your heart space. Like your spirit man just knows you got to get to work in this particular area and get serious about it and can start committing. And he would show me in dreams I would have dreams, I had visions, I had titles, um, I had people telling me that you're an author, you're going to do this, this and that, like prophesying to me over years. I just kept getting downloads of things like of wisdom to share um, and insights, like constant insights. And then he takes you back to your early years. And my first book Mm. I wrote when I was six years old. I wrote a book about Ginger the cat and illustrate it. And I'm like, well, if that ain't confirmation, I don't know what it is. (laughs) So God confirms his word. He confirms your identity and the truth. And you'll start to be surrounded. Like I, I was actually starting to actually have all friends as authors, like other people in my circle were authors. And then that's how it came to pass. And I did have crying moments of, well, God, why didn't I go to writing school? Like, you know, get a, you know, whatever they do in writing school. (laughs) Um, And he's like, you know why? Because your life is actually what I want you to write about. You're smart. You're going to figure out how to write. And so he believed in me and knowing that God believes in Mm. you, he really believes in you. He knows what he made and he doesn't die. He didn't die for free, God, people. The blood of Jesus is priceless and he wants your soul for that. So he's, cultivating you and growing you. And he's as beckoning um, that call in your ear. Yeah, that's a a beautiful way to say that. I I love the reminder that he believes in you. Um, And one of the things that I know that you're super passionate about is this idea of of holistic health and your latest resource, Chubby Church. I'm, I'm, I, Dying to hear the story behind the name of it. How did that come about? How much? Look, I know that Christians are sometimes the meanest group of people. How, <laughs> how much flack have you gotten from the church about calling it chubby? <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. I know. Okay. So I started out actually teaching at the Potter's House, Denver. So the Potter's House is a church under Bishop T.D. Jake. So he has his church in Dallas, mm-hmm. and obviously he's a all of the element of his own. Um, but when I started teaching there in 2010, I was teaching on eating disorders. I was teaching on fatherlessness and things like that. And um, the class, actually, I would just kind of throw a joke out there. Of, oh, we're the chubby church. And they would have, they would, they would laugh and they mem- rem- remembered it. And I went through a long period of really praying about the title and testing out the title mm. And um, the church, they just liked it. They remembered it. I'd see people like, hey, did you get Chubby Church done yet? I'm like, no. <laughs> you know, of course, you don't get it done for quite a while. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> and then also um, what happened was um, the I, I do, I do get like 
that questioning, especially from people who really need it. They can get offended um, by it and they need it the most. Because if you read it, you will know I am pastor, y'all. I am pastor of this congregation. It's a hungry congregation. And I know it well because I done lived it for years, right? And so chubby church members <laughs> know who they are. They see the title. They know it's for them. Um, it's for people who suffer, Jesus lovers, men and women that really struggle with weight, eating, body image, and food. And it really, it's really like an idol where you, it gets in your mind, your thought life, and it mm-hmm. really sucks up that time and energy. And then we can have a worldly mindset in this area of health. Uh, and it's a vanity spirit too, can come upon us in this, this space. And I'm like, people are having eating, like they're fasting and praying, and it's actually an eating disorder underneath it. Um, people are having a lot of binge eating happening, a lot of food obsession, um, poor treatment of the temple. Um, these are issues that need to, to be addressed in from God's heart. Because let me tell you, I don't believe anyone should write a book unless God told you to do it. Because <laughs> um, it can be quite hard, quite daunting. And this is well-researched book. I mean, I had to, I mean, over 900 citations. It's not um, an easy feat. It has the latest research in it and it combines the psychology, um, the wisdom of God, the scriptures, and current research, latest research for you to uh, get free in holistic freedom, body, soul, spirit, and actually practical issues. So that's yeah, the one of the things story. that really, well, I, I love it. I, it's so good. I think one of the things that struck me as I was looking through the book was how um, practical and pastoral it is at the same time. And that that's a really tough line to watch to, to walk because you're not preaching a sermon. You're literally walking alongside us. Um, I, I'm curious. Why, why do you think so many pastors avoid the topic of, being overweight or gluttonous or unhealthy or or being part of the the chubby church. Yes, you're I mean, I'm telling you, it's a rough topic. Gluttony is not a fun topic. Um it's the sin that's socially acceptable. We have a real food addictive culture. It's scary to possibly lose. I mean, right now in the world we have about 70% obesity and overweight rate. Um, it's scary to lose your congregants. It's scary to offend people. I really understand mm. the position that pastors have. I'm always amazed by um, certain pastors like the guy, uh, Stephen, who wrote um, Bod for God. <laughs> you know, he's like, let's do this. <laughs> um, but it's, And there's a lot of them out there that really have the health and the uh, wellness call. But um, like Rick Warren is another one who has that. Um, but there's such a there's such a tension around gluttony, and it is a spirit. It is a, a practice, and it is in the culture um, that we're in right now of binge binge eating. And men, women, go to the dollar store or wherever Walmart, grab your junk food, and sit down and Netflix and chill. But they don't see the what's underneath that and the spirit underneath it. So I think it's just um, a lot of deception, a lot of social acceptance. Um, you know, the church, we have our picnics and fish fries and <laughs> bake sales and coffee bars. And um, it's just, it's very, it's the sin we can do, right? It's like, you can't go yeah. get drunk and you're not accepted if you're having, you know, sex and stuff like that outside of marriage. So there's there's certain sins that we're just, we want to hold on to. <laughs> 
And food is meant for pleasure. It is meant for pleasure. But um, but the the obesity issue, the gluttony, the heart disease issue, um, we know COVID, um, diabetes, um, cancer, these are diet related diseases. I'm curious about what you learned. Uh, what, what did you learn about God for yourself in the process of writing a book about God's vision of health for others? Right. Because yeah. I, I mean, writing a book is like a, a birthing process and it's such a hard, tedious process. What revelations did you uh, get to experience in that journey? Lots. I love speaking to writers. So, uh, first of all, God's with you in the process. Um, he mm. actually cares a lot about your development of fruit of the spirit. Um, so, and your development of trust in him to bring things about and obedience in the journey. So it's like, you know, you want it done yesterday, you know, it's really feel bad because you're not doing what God wants you to do. You feel like you can disappoint them. All of those things are ironed out in this type of journey. Um, it also brings out like definitely much more fruit of the spirit because you're pressing in that self, that self-control and patience and love. Like when you do something for God, it's an act of love for him and it's an act of love for his people and humanity. Um, and it's, it's not easy. It's a lot of sacrifice. So he will help you with that, getting through the sacrifices that need to meet. I mean, every holiday, um, several, um, vacation days, um, most weekends, night and day. Um, there is, it was, it, it was not, it's not an easy feat. Lots of investment mm. in coaches, people, writer coaches, like my writing coach, uh, Christopher Diamrati and many before him, editors, different costs associated. You got to be willing and God will show you this. He's, you have to be willing to, to really offer your life as a living sacrifice to God. And when you, when you, when he shows you that, like, what does that mean? That means if he calls you to something, guess what? All of resources he will provide the finances, Mm. the time you must be committed and the psychology, the mindset has to be committed to the work he's called for us to do because it can help somebody. And he also showed me like the work matters. Like when he gives you an assignment and a divine assignment is what I call the call book projects. Um, he gives you the assignment and your job is to take that assignment and do it as well as you can, because he wants it. He gives it to you as the gift to do. And he wants your Mm -hmm. vessel that has had your history, your experience, your training, your understanding, your wisdom that he's given you um, to come together. You, you remember, you're one of 8 billion people, right? So when God calls you to something, he will see you through that journey and help you develop fruit of the spirit. He will help you to make the commitments you need to and grow in the, that maturity. It's going to mature you through the journey. He's also going to humble you to help you get your ego out of the way. This is not about me. No, and when you when you see people trying to go great, it's because they've laid down their life. They've laid down their ego. They don't need to have, um, they don't, you know, it's not for them. It's for the goodness of the kingdom and advancing the kingdom. So he purifies your motives through the process as well, making sure your motives are pure because that's so essential to honoring um, and advancing the kingdom of God. Yeah, I love the idea of uh, purifying the motives. Um, when did you know that you were going to write a book to deal with like the idol that nobody wants to talk about? 
Uh, it's my hardest struggle. I was eating fast food three times a day. I'm not like, I mean, to take for God to take me on the health journey that I've gone on um, to get free, not, not just, it's not even about like being a certain size, like a world wants you to think like how you look like some people, I mean, I've trained and coach, I'm a therapist, a lot of um, fitness models, like gorgeous bodies, like beautiful bodies. But inside, they're a hot mess, um, still binge eating. Not, you know what I mean? There's still that shame cycle mm -hmm. going on and all this turmoil inside. God wants to heal us from the inside out with health. And it's a daily step and daily walk with him. And so he took first. Um, so I would say he called, you know, for this particular work, it got really clear in maybe 20, um, 2012, somewhere around there. Um, but the book title wasn't really fun. It was really like emotional fitness and, you know, um, <laughs> for weight and eating. It was really boring. And I had a lot of work to do. So, but that's when I first wrote it was 2013, actually, um, when he called me to just sit in a hotel room, write out everything I knew about it and wanted to heal. And then it just got refined over time. As you wait, sit, wait on the Lord, continue to refine your writing gifts and talents and um, produce the book that people really need. So the book is really for what I've gone through with God of healing body, soul, spirit. And then um, this book too is really for me. And it's the seven battles of the weight and eating war for good. And it talks about deep things like, like, um, like, a, I say, get it, perform a glutonectomy. So getting that, dealing with that inner glut and, and food addiction, which is a cause for much binge eating, as well as genetics. You know, I have genetics working against me, things of that nature. So we have um, to deal with a holistic body image um, approach. Like I just, I just did not like my body. I mean, and it's stupid. Mm. It, if you look at my body, you'll say, you'll smack me. So it's just a matter of a pro a loving who, what God made. Um, loving it fully, not letting the enemy steal your thought life. Um, and so that's how I created, you know, started realizing like God wants me to share all this. And it was super vulnerable. I mean, it's like, it's, it's a vulnerable book. I put it all out there. I have nothing to <laughs> protect or hide. Um, so you, 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 when you realize like, okay, he's actually using the books to heal, continue to heal me, but to share what he's shown me and taught me. And that's was about 23. 13. And then it actually got published book one in 2019 and book two in 2021. Hey guys, just pausing this conversation with Jay to remind you now is the time to subscribe to the spirit and truth Substack. Substack is like a blog that goes out twice every single week for paid customers and once for uh, free customers. And it's all about spirit led leadership. I think you're really going to enjoy it. And if you, uh, are a leader, whether that be a small group or a church or a pastor or anywhere, and you want to lean into what it means to lead others while following Jesus, this is a perfect substack for you. Now let's finish up this conversation with Jay. You know, what's, what's interesting to me is that as I look at the books, um, one of the things that's really clear is that this is much a, a book about inner healing as it is about eating healthy. Right. And in one, uh, I think it's book one where you talk about the, the seven threats of, oh, uh, I think you call it Chabology or, uh, and God, this idea, like it's like deep inside wounds. H how many people do you take through this stuff? And they're like, 
oh my gosh, I, I didn't realize that my relationship with my dad or mom right. or my, my work was changing the way I show up at the table. Yes, it's true. I know it's surprising. Um, it's surprising. You know, we just kind of go through life and we're here and now, or we're way out in the future, but we don't realize that our past, our souls are present past and future at the same time. So if we're having a struggle in the present and we're ang- anxious, a lot of people are anxious right now. A lot of people feel lots of anxiety. Yeah. Um, or anxious about the future, or lots of fears. It's because there's something in the past that needs to be resolved. And through these issues where we have control, there's fears, there's things to work through, there's things that need to be unlearned and healed. And food is just one way God does it. Health is one way that God is actually bringing you closer to himself. I say, thank God for whatever Mm. struggle you have. Thank God for it, because he wants to use that to help you unravel and heal um, your soul. Okay, so that's that's the power of what the spirit does. Now, there's somebody listening, I'm sure, who's like, guys, I hear what you're saying, and I know I have a weird relationship with food, uh, but I just don't know that I can go through that on my own, or I don't even know what the first step is. Where do you tell somebody to start with this whole process of unraveling the messages that we have around food? Yeah, I would say start in the present lesson God's trying to teach you, you know, with the Holy Spirit, just with prayer. Um, what are you showing me right now? I mean, mm. that's it's just one day at a time with Christ, right? One day at a time. And you also learn, want to learn how to eat and cook and, and prepare food because um, I didn't know. When, I, when God called me, actually in 2005, uh, he called me on a fast. All right. I never heard of fasting before. And I was like, me? <laughs> I'm a foodie. How am I going to fast? I said, Lord, I can give you three days, but I'm going to need you to do the rest. And mm. he did. And he did the rest, a 41-day fast, 41 days um, fasting on um, juice and water. And the first time in my life, and it was it, that fast was so powerful. Uh, I could talk about that for a long time. But my point is that um, you start with real food. You start with Christ. You start with real food. So, for example, I told you I was eating fast food three times a day. I was having all kinds of health manifestations, fatigue, um, lots of like weird stuff on my skin, um, lots of different issues, prediabetes, like spells, weird stuff going on. Clearly, I was not healthy. Heart palpitations, depression, uh, food does affect your mood. That's proven more and more research is coming out with that. Um, so just starting with real food, like letting, like really thinking like, could I survive like without so much junk food or so much fast food or so much, you know, um, uh, snacks and and candies and uh, cakes and cookies, right? Could you survive? And it's fact you thrive when you start to realize like, I can let this go. I can find alternatives. I can do other things. So just starting with real food is really critical. And God said in Genesis one twenty nine um, to eat what to eat. He said, mostly we should be eating these kind of plant-based foods. And I'm not a diet advocate, but I do advocate food truth. And there's food truth in every single type of health and living and diet plan, um, which is what God said, (laughs) eat fruits and vegetables, whole grains, legumes, like eat more of that. 
and learn how to eat it, learn how to make it tasty for yourself. And your body, your taste buds want ice cream, your taste buds want candy bars. Um, they want the burgers, you know, but your organs are begging, crying, pleading for kale, collards, cabbage, you know, real good foods. Like they just are dying to get actually fed and get those herbs in them because God made and designed the body that way. Hmm. So start there. Yeah, I, I, I think I can really resonate with the idea that my organs are crying out for something different than my taste buds. <laughs> What's the secret on how to ignore my taste buds? <laughs> um, well, honestly, it's really neat what happens when you let certain ingredients go. So some of our, our whatever's in your system is going to crave in your brain. So for example, um, for like I was a, I'm a, um, a, a like a wheat products, any wheat, like baked goods, were very addicting. I was a total cookie addict. I mean, I went to Burger King for their cookies three times a day. I could not stop eating Mm. these cookies. And that's when I realized food addiction is really a real thing. So the sugar, the chocolate, the butter, (laughs) I can't eat butter anymore because I was a butterholic. (laughs) I would eat sticks (laughs) of butter. I mean, matzo butter, I mean, sticks of it. Okay. So, um, and then, um, what else? Uh, uh, the wheat was actually addicting in my brain. So you have to learn your body and your brain. And I didn't want to just kind of be a slave to it, right? Because in our minds, that voice that says, go get the cookies, we actually don't have to listen to, believe it or not. It sounds yeah. like us, but we don't have to listen to it. We can actually say, no, I don't think so. Because that voice that makes you do those things you don't want to do, like Paul said in Romans 7, is is actually an addictive voice. It doesn't lead anywhere, but bad things. It only leads to do the same harmful self-harm. That's all it leads to do. So when you learn how to recognize that addictive voice, your taste buds start getting an order because you can say no. And then when you get it out of your system, you don't crave it anymore. It just doesn't happen. You don't have any binges. You don't crave it. It's amazing what can your relationship with food can change just from getting it out of your system which is hard to do, right? It's a step-by-step process. (laughs) Right, sure. (laughs) How do we normalize this conversation in the church? Do you have any suggestions? There's a a ton of church leaders listening right now, and I know that this is a dialogue that we need to start, if nothing else, kind of dipping our toes in. What are your thoughts on how to make this more normal? Um, My main thing is have a health ministry. Um, There's lots of people who are interested in health that want to have a health ministry. And it's surprising because lots of people sign up. So I have um, church um, health ministries reach out to me to do a talk or things like that. And then just start like you could start with the chubby church. You could start with a book to support whole and free health. Um, So something like that. So even and there's lots of great books out there. So not only mine, there's lots of great books that may work well for your congregation. Um, I just encourage you to leave a worldly mindset out. So anything that's just about the physical and losing weight or all of that is great. But it's not holistic to the soul work that God's trying to do in the people. Um, and it also doesn't last. So we want lasting fruit that's going to heal from the inside out permanently. 
uh, to bring about the health and wellness and prosperity and health that God wants for us. So I would say start a, let a, allow a health ministry. There's volunteers that will definitely step up to run a health ministry and have good programs and books that they can work with um, to support them. And that's kind of the best way. Also for your potlucks, things like that, just have a vegetable option. It was really funny. A health leader from her church, she said, I told the uh, the, the cooking ministry that can we have a vegetable? <laughs> and they were just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. Well, I mean, isn't that like what sweet were- potato casserole is? <laughs> right, right. And um, so they're like, can we just have a vegetable without bacon in it, right? Because, um, <laughs> you know, you can have the string beans, but then it has all the bacon and other stuff, other stuff in it. So, yeah, so that's that's how you get started. Have options for um, for healthy choices. So have the fruit with the bake sale or, or what have you. That's good. Um, one of my favorite things to do is to read dedication pages. And uh, you have a, a beautiful dedication page. I'm, I'm, I'm going to read it because um, I think it's so beautifully done and some people might be tempted to skip over it. Uh, you start by saying, uh, with great love to my source, my all words cannot express my love and gratitude uh, to my mother's uh, Joan. Thank you for your incredible generosity and for being my one and only biological mom. I love you immensely. For Lorraine, thank you for seeing the vision, believing in me, encouraging me without fail. Debbie, thank you for laboring with me to get to the front line of my ministry. For my grandmothers, uh, Josephine and Ada, I cherish you. And then in loving memory and honor, my grandfather, Ellis E. Harris Sr., thank you for filling the gap. You were my favorite eating buddy. (laughs) I'm wondering if you could tell the story around uh, Ellis and what it means to have an eating buddy. Yeah. Um, and I definitely tell some of it in um, chapter, um, oh, what's chapter 24 in um, Chubby Church 2, book 2. Um, my grandpa and I would go, we would eat together. We'd go to Ed's Ribs Shack. <laughs> and it was all you could eat ribs. No wonder they're out of business. But nonetheless, everyone went. <laughs> and everybody's around the table, you know, just eating and throwing down on ribs. So when my diet changed um, by the Holy Spirit, God took out pork. I didn't know where it was in scripture. Mm. It's in Leviticus 11 and Deuteronomy 14, but I had no idea where it was in scripture. It was literally learning about health and nutrition and God's spirit said, do not eat pork. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I learned about pork, cooking pork chops for my grandparents and I loved pork chops, but smothered with cheese and everything. I loved bacon. Okay. So this was not an easy thing. It was like, what? You know, and learning about um, different foods from a from God who created the grocery store to begin with, right? He created all the animals. Mm. He knows what they're about. He knows, and he's divine intelligence. He's actually divine intelligence. When we trust God's divine intelligence, we do things differently because we're trusting our creator who knows all for our best. And so my grandfather, yeah, we would have ribs together. We'd have, we'd have all kinds of food together. He loved taking me out to eat. And when I changed that pork thing and didn't go, I mean, it was, it was a process. (laughs) (laughs) So he was just like, what do you mean? What do you mean? You know, you know, what's happening? Um, It was quite a process, but. (laughs) Oh, that's, that's amazing. 
Uh, okay, I I know that my listeners are going to want to uh, connect with you all over the inter- interwebs, uh, stay connected to your ministry and how God's continuing to use you. W- what's the best place to learn all things uh, Chubby Church and Jay and just the work that God's called you to? Yeah, for now, um, the chubbychurch.com is your best place. You can always contact me there if you want me to speak at your ministry or something like that. Um, the chubbychurch.com. It'll lead you um, for buying the book. If It will lead you to Amazon uh, where it's on Audible mm-hmm. as well. I love the Audible because it helps you get a lot done quick while you're cleaning the kitchen and cooking up dinner. <laughs> um, so that's where the chubbychurch.com. Uh, okay, last question I always love to ask people. It's an advice question, and I'm going to ask you to go back and give yourself one piece of advice, mm-hmm. except I get to name the season of life that you're in. Um, if you could go back to the 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 end of the very first class that you taught about the Chubby Church before you knew it was going to be what it is and all the things, if you could sit knee to knee with that younger version of yourself, Look her in the eyes and give her one piece of advice. Uh, what are you going to tell her? Wow. Uh, this kind of makes you want to cry. Um, <laughs> trust God. Just trust God. Trust God and do do the work. Like, um, And yeah, you got what it takes. Yeah, amen. Amen. That'll that'll preach any day of the week. I I, I think so. <laughs> Jay, thank you so much for being uh so generous with your time today. Thank you for your heart for the local church and for the ministry that you uh you continue to do. I, I'm so thankful for the opportunity to connect. And I I would love to have you back on uh when that next book comes. I I'm here for it. So awesome. thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you, Tony. Keep going. I told you guys, what a great conversation. I loved her um, questions, who was, who I was. I love the way she leans into it. I just think it's a very fruitful dialogue for many of us on how do we deal with gluttony. And it's real for me. I'm sure it's probably real for you in seasons. And uh, yeah, really appreciate her heart and her work. Friends, as always, I'm so thankful to connect with you. If you need anything from me, You can always hit me up on Instagram at TWMilt, at T-W-M-I-L-T. And as always, if you want to follow Jesus, you must be willing to move.